0: Read Junk. Read Junk. Read Junk Podcast. Read Junk Podcast. With your host, my guy.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Brian from the Read Junk Podcast. How's it going? What's new? Oh, yeah. Trump lost the election, which is great news. Uh, It's just been a day stressful on that uh the last couple weeks unfortunately covid is still very much here and it's gonna get really bad if not it's already pretty bad um it's gonna be like that for a while which this podcast is sort of related to that because it's all about um the future of concerts chris came up with this idea so he kind of ran with it and invited his buddies uh drew and jason onto the podcast um they also do a podcast called devils do podcast drew has been on this podcast before with chris and they talked about metallica so expect a little bit of metallica talk in this podcast episode as well we discuss what's going to happen with concerts in the future will there be some vaccine proof thing at the door there was an article i think in billboard.com about it recently about ticketmaster trying to get vaccine checks um will there be temperature checks at the door Will live nation and venues charge a lot more for bands to even play Will the live streaming experiences replace touring for some of these bands and we even talk a little about how Brexit could even affect a lot of your favorite UK bands from touring Europe and the US. Be sure to follow the site on social media and you can find all the links in the description or you can just visit ReJunk.com for all your ReJunk needs. So let's get started. Here's Chris, Drew, Jason and myself chatting about the bleak future of concerts right here on the ReJunk Podcast. Um
2: so oh uh, so hi everybody.
1: Hey. So hi. So Chris had an idea to do talk about I guess the future of concerts and what that's going to look like in 2021. And and now too, I mean, I guess it's happening, but since this is your baby today, Chris, you you have had it. I'm just going to be the stupid guy making comments on the side.
3: Well, it's my baby Yoda, so <laughs> Just make sure he doesn't eat any eggs. Um, so basically, what I wanted to do is I wanted to call this this uh, podcast to order because um, recently there's been there's come to light uh, some suggestions were made by Ticketmaster, which I guess we're going to just jump right into. So as everybody knows, we probably haven't gone to a concert in a while. I guess I just want to open this up first before we go in. Like, what was everybody's last concert? And I'll start with Brian. Did you happen to go to a concert here in 2020?
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm lucky I did. It was January, I I think the end of January at Gramercy Theater in New York City. It was the Addicts Punk Show. So that was... Really one a really good one to go to because it was very iconic. Um, just the way that they are great performers, but um, yeah, that was the only one I really went to this year. Which is funny that concert is when I, like my, my card my credit card got stolen when I was at the show. So it was like half the show I was trying to, I was on the phone with the credit card company. <laughs> so it was it was a very uh, memorable show.
3: You didn't do like a photo pit on that, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did.
1: Yeah, they got good photos. I,
3: I guess I want to circle back on that a little later. You know, uh, you know, when we talk about return to shows and how, how we'll feel on that. But um, I guess um, I don't know. I have a feeling me, Drew, and Jay all did the same thing. So let me just before we kind of jump into you know hitting those dudes up. Um, also joining us on this, I've had my friend Drew in Buffalo on the show before. He also co-hosts a podcast, Devils Do, which reviews. Um, well, they used to review. Marvel Netflix series, but since those aren't really a thing anymore, Sorry, now they review uh, comic books and all other things. And also joining us will be Jason, uh, our, my other friend from Buffalo, who also does photography as well as uh, plays In the Long Call Dark When whenever we can do shows again. So um, <clears throat> I guess I kind of wanted to put this out there. I mean, one of the last shows that I saw was Machine Head, and I'm just assuming the last shows that um, – you guys, I guess we'll start with Drew. Uh, was that the last show you guys saw the uh, Machine Head show in Buffalo?
2: No. Or was it? No. I'm pretty sure that it was. Oh, it was. Yeah.
0: Okay, I, my timeline is confused. Because that was February, which is like when Machine Head comes to Buffalo for some reason. Yeah, that's like they're they're on a they're <laughs> on a schedule in Buffalo, and uh, then by early March we were shut down in New York. So that's yeah, and that was that's the last in person live show. Not counting streams oh. and stuff.
3: You guys didn't have... That, that That Devin Townsend show didn't make it out to upstate New York, did it?
2: Uh, No.
3: I screwed up and I missed out on tickets on it, which is weird because my work actually was a sponsor for the concert and I didn't try to like make a connection and be like, yo, man, That's... how about some free tickets, yo? Devin Townsend, what the heck, man?
2: <laughs> I think uh, it did hit Toronto, but for whatever reason, I didn't make an attempt to go. It was
0: on... It was on like a Tuesday, and it was just like impossible to get up there. Not impossible, but it just. It's more difficult nowadays to do a weekday show that's going to run late, and you drive home a couple hours.
3: Well, you guys had. It, you know, I know that all, a lot of us, you know, probably had a lot of shows we had planned. I mean, but there was probably a lot of shows you had that you were going to go to. Like, I know, Drew, like, we were planning on going to New Japan uh, at Madison Square Garden. and Obviously, that we didn't sure happen this were. year. Uh, and it, I don't know if it's even going to happen last year. But I think some of the other shows that you guys were planning on going to, I think Nine Inch Nails um, was dude, one of them, yeah. right? Let me tell you what
2: <laughs> this came out after uh, uh, the, after the quarantine had all been you know firmly set in place nationwide and everything it came out that uh, yeah there was a five night stand in Toronto that nine inch nails were gonna do and I all I could think was, I would have gone to every single one of those shows. (laughs) I would have taken all my time off of work. I would have booked a hotel and I would have gone to Toronto for the entirety of that, of that duration. Um,
0: I can second that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jason and I also had tickets to see Gojira and uh, Deftones in Toronto in August, and that was not to be.
0: Tool in May.
2: Tool in May in Buffalo. That was not to be. Um, I was. So when I did you guys buy these Rage tickets? Though? The What's that?
1: When did you buy tickets for these? That like the one in August. Like when? When did they go on sale?
3: Oh God. These. Um, yeah. I, I think the yeah. Deftowns ones hit like in February or March. because I was supposed to, yeah, right. because I was going to go to the one in Connecticut and then they canceled it because they couldn't finish the venue to COVID and they moved it without refunding our money to Mohegan. And I'm like, well, I kind of knew the shift got money over to pay for these other tickets. And then they just straight up canceled both shows. But um, I guess what I kind of wanted to ask, I guess in reference to shows that maybe we were planning on going to, or uh, do you, uh, I guess to any of you guys, um, do you still have tickets for shows that have been moved or has everything been 100% canceled and refunded?
2: Um, I, we were on the fence about the Gojira uh, Deftones thing, but the only thing about it that made us basically agree to punt them was that show, that the tickets we had, uh, the, the tickets we had were for the Toronto show, and the border situation right now is completely unpredictable. Like, even if... The show goes on. There's no guarantee the border is going to be open for us to go there due to I'm, COVID. So I mean, can't you just wear um,
1: maple leaf shirts?
2: That uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would it would singe my skin and I might die and <laughs> rot. But uh, you know, um, yeah, there's I have no there's just no way of knowing. So like at at best um, we could get secondary market tickets to like a, a Pennsylvania show or something. You know, they're, they're doing a show in like Pittsburgh or something, but. All things considered, I don't know that I'm in a hurry to leave New York State right now. So, anyway, um, yeah. all, other, other than that, I've got we got refunds on everything. The only thing that I don't have a refund on yet is are actually my AEW um, Rochester tickets. So they didn't cancel that show; it just keeps getting postponed. Um, there was a window for refunds, but I guess. As long as they keep postponing it, I'm just going to hang on to the tickets and see, see what the, the atmosphere is like when they announce the show. But I don't foresee that happening for quite a while, given given the circumstances of, you know, everything right now. <laughs> Did you keep
0: a set of Tool tickets? Because we had two. I sold them both. Okay. I sold or refunded both, yeah. I had, I had two sets of Rage Against the Machines tickets, and Uh-oh. I... I was, was going to buy um, those. <laughs> I, I kept a pair because that was going to be in Buffalo. So once it gets rescheduled, I'm still and was planning at the time. I got I started with 300 level, then the next day like 200 level opened up. So I grabbed a pair of those figuring I would stub hub or punt the 300 level ones, which uh, I ended up just getting a refund on because I didn't want to wait a year to figure out if this was going to happen. Um, if the show still happens... I am still planning on finding floor at some point, but at least I know I have those two hundred levels if uh, nothing else works out.
1: I was gonna get those tickets like closer to the show, and then that, that just never happened. I actually have tickets that were supposed to be for May for Madness at a where the hell Hammerstein Ballroom, but they postponed it for next year. So I'm like, I'm holding on to that because the last time I saw them was in 1999 at Irving Plaza. And it was one of the best concerts of my life. So it's like I can't – I've been waiting for them for, like, twenty over 20 years to go play. So I guess I I can wait another year.
3: (laughs) I was kind of wondering, though – I mean, maybe I'm kind of jumping ahead where I wanted to be on this, but maybe it's a good transition to bring it up. Um, I do wonder, like, some of the bands that were going to do reunions or bands that were on their way out, not to, like, you know – say like oh kiss was actually going to retire but some of the older (laughs) bands that were actually planning on or should you know yeah yeah (laughs) they were were going out i wonder if like they're going to turn around if there's going to be some bands that are going to be a little too freaked out to hit the road when we kind of get the all clear or if if like we miss the road if the entire market for like reunion tours or like um like, oh, it's the 20th anniversary of Wisconsin death trip. If they're still going to milk that stuff, if that's still going to have a market, or maybe that's going to be the I only way it's it, going to get people out to shows.
0: I think it would. And I think that, um, I mean, large gathering events like that are going to be the last thing. So by the time those come back, I don't know that there will be much worry. Because if there is still a risk, they're not going to jam twenty to forty thousand people in a place. Um, my main concern is, you know, unfortunately, because we're all getting older, it's most of my favorite bands are getting older, and you know, you. I already wonder how many years are left in a band like Metallica, and it seems like they're going strong, but if this lasts like another year. Um, and maybe not them per se, because they seem to keep in pretty good shape. But there's other o- older artists that I would still like to see that were touring. And it's already a crapshoot how much longer they're going to be around. You know, if I, even if you look at somebody like, I like Pink Floyd, so Roger Waters or David Gilmore. I mean, these guys are in their 70s. You postpone them another year, are they even going to play again? And yeah, that's, but, that's what sucks about that situation. Yeah,
3: but to the same extent, I can remember pretty much ever since, like, the 90s, you know, people saying, oh, man, the Rolling Stones are going to hang it up. This is their last <laughs> <laughs> yeah last war. Yeah. Didn't they have a tour plan? They did, didn't they? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Genesis, yeah. like, Phil Collins is, like, he's kind of, I don't think he can stand up anymore, but, yeah, Genesis yeah, was supposed to be touring still.
2: Put, put Keith back in the... Uh, in the in the crypt for a little while. Wake him up. Wake him <laughs> up when COVID's over.
3: Well, he he might actually be like uh, the the patient zero or whatever that has like the cure. So if we extract whatever's left of his blood, we can you know use that to sample out.
2: It's it's the old Keith, Ritt, it's the old uh, Dennis Leary joke. Like Keith, we can't do any drugs. You already did them all. We have to wait till <laughs> you die and smoke your ashes. <laughs> so he's,
3: he's I, I I guess I guess I want to try to uh, transition over to this because I kind of had a lot. Of talking points off of this. <clears throat> so there was this billboard article that came out last week um, that basically had mentioned some uh, different ways that Ticketmaster and Live Nation wanted to approach. Well, really, it mainly pressed on one. So basically, they said that they were looking to do. Um, kind of a pre-screen before shows they said that due to HIPAA compliance they wouldn't see the results so basically what they were looking for was they were either looking for a confirmed negative test prior to you coming to the show or proof that you had received a vaccination now they claimed that they were following along with HIPAA laws which I kind of take that with a little air of grievance but a couple days later they backed off and said that that article was not a hundred percent true And that that was only one of the avenues they were exploring, which I thought was a little weird. So I kind of want to get everybody's thoughts on this.
2: Uh, I'm not going to be one to defend like Ticketmaster, but at the same time, I understand their position here. Like everybody, I mean, come on, man. We all want to like get back to stuff and they're in the business of providing the means to getting us to stuff. Whether Whatever you think about that business, obviously I'm not a fan of their practices and whatnot, but I'm just saying that's their business, so they're just looking at ways to get back to business, and, you know, if you really think about the way forward, that's not that outlandish, although it is a little Orwellian, but which is why I'm sure the pe- there's going to be people that are going to, like, push back, like, yeah, I... Well, I got to show my papers? What am I? Was it Germany
0: in 1942? Urgh. But you're going to have I, to agree. All, you're going to have to agree to something like that because they can't just ask you for that as you're entering the show because that would be a violation of HIPAA to ask somebody, got your medical right, sh- shit in right. order. But if you if it's part of the terms and agreement to purchase a ticket, then I think maybe you have a way around that.
1: Well, I mean, I could, I could see clubs just doing going forward, regardless of COVID or not, just doing temperature temperature checks. But it might, like, even for bands, it might be a lot of canceled shows after that because if a member, of, if they're touring, they usually get sick on some part of the tour. But I don't know. Maybe for just well, like the the customers.
3: Yeah, that's well. This was something I wanted to talk about because it's like. Okay, so if you're going to put forth that requirement, I know they rebutted on it and said that, okay, that was only one of the options. But, like, <clears throat> I saw – we, you know, I was talking with Drew about this earlier in the week, and I've actually seen two different perspectives on this. So Randy from Lamb of God had posted up on his, on his uh, Instagram stories. He kind of put up a long, lengthy thing, which I wish he still had his Twitter for. Because it was actually pretty insightful where he had mentioned that, you know, over the years when he was still using drugs and everything, when he was still doing all that stuff, he's like, I tried every drug. He's like, you think I'm afraid of taking a vaccination? He's like, if me taking a vaccination will get me back out of the road, yes, I'll do it. But there's a flip side to that. So there's this – conspiracy podcast. I won't mention what name it is cuz I don't think anybody should waste their oxygen and time in their life. Alex Jones. That's that's another one. But um
2: does Stephen Carpenter like this podcast?
3: Yeah. Yeah, so obviously um one of my favorite bands – and I know, I know Jay and everybody else likes them. Uh, Deftone, Stephen Carpenter, was a ge- guest on this podcast, and uh, he basically came out and said that he was anti-vaccination. So I find that interesting because <clears throat> if you're if you're going to put forth some kind of a requirement for saying you need negative test or um, vax- proof of a vaccination – like, okay, that's one thing for fans going in, but you're talking about bands that are going to be touring, bands and their crew that are going to be touring the entire country. Like, don't you think they need to be held to that same standard?
0: Well, yeah, because they're spitting and singing and, you know, all all the stuff they do on stage gets whipped into the front couple rows. So, <laughs> I, I would think, you know, well, I don't want Lars spitting his drink in my face anymore <laughs> at the moment. Um, if ever, (laughs) well,
3: I I will notice this. I will note this too. I mean, I'm going to bring up a few references from wrestling because, um, in Japan, they've actually increased the capacity. And I believe that wrestle kingdom, I think they're either operating at a quarter or half capacity for the Tokyo dome, but there has been quite a few things that I've noticed. And even AEW, which is operating in, um, Jacksonville. Uh, the Khan family owns that stadium and the uh, shed that's attached to it, Daly's Place, and they've been allowing fans in of a limited thing. But one of the things that I've noticed, especially in Japan, is you have a lot of guys, you know, in wrestling, it's traditionally a gimmick-ridden thing where they'll either spit a water bottle at front, or you'll have some wrestlers that'll, like, do, like, the the blinding miss, you know, as part of their gimmick. None of them are doing any of that now. So. No,
2: no, no. <laughs> that, that's that's not happening for a while.
3: Which kind of sucks because it's like, oh man, how's he going to win this match if he can't spit in the guy's face?
2: <laughs> well, you know, first they took it away from Lance Archer. We should have saw it coming for everybody else.
3: Yeah, it sucks because when I saw New Japan at um in Lowell that one time, I got so many cool shots of them like doing the mist sprays out of their mouth and I'm like, well, I'm never going to get those again. R.I.P. Bushi. Yeah, um, but basically I guess... I guess um, one of the things I kind of wanted to bleed into when we're talking about, I guess, AEW, because um, one of their ticketing plans in Florida, they're allowed to bring in a certain amount of guests per area. I guess there's one stadium, one of the football teams is actually saying that they're going to go full tilt, but I (laughs) I haven't read too much about that. But um, with AEW, they're doing about a thousand in that. um, In Daly's place. In Daly's place. Yeah. And, um, one of the problems is, is that while they have this nice program in place to make sure that they sell uh, blocks of tickets to groups of people so that you know if you're a family and friends, you can sit together, but there's one problem with that. If someone secondary markets and sells those tickets – Now you don't have people that are supposed to be sitting together sitting together because there's one guy I follow that used to do like NXT Mm. scoops that does a lot of the Florida shows. And I see him constantly on Twitter saying, hey, this guy's selling tickets. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not supposed to do that.
2: Yeah, that was my concern with um, the Ticketmaster thing. Like they can make it, you know, they can put up all those kind of rules and whatever for buying the tickets or, or whatever. But the, the, the minute you sell, there's, there's going to be scalpers and bots. The second they hit the secondary market, how do you know who has them and what their situation is? And then, you know, you're not going to be able to get a quick test at the door. Lines are already brutal at the doors for shows. Now you're going to make people like get their temperature taken
3: and God knows what else. Like, oh, you yeah.
1: it's, rectal it's, exam it's a total nightmare. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I, I'll never forget the uh, Mastodon Gojira show at the Palladium where they had one line for everything, like people buying tickets, people doing, um, you know, Guessless. picking up tickets, one line. And, and not that I was mad about missing the hipster owl band, but um, I just got in when Gojira was, was coming on. I was like, thank God I got in because I would have threw a fucking bitch fit if I missed Gojira. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, as you should.
3: <laughs> so I, I guess I guess um, one of the things I kind of want to talk about, I guess, if we're talking about um, you know um, moving along with like you know going to clubs and stuff like that, um, I guess one of the bigger stories that came out was that Live Nation and Ticketmaster were going to start cutting artist guarantees, and I guess I kind of wanted to segue into this discussion because. <laughs> Bands are already hurting in general touring. And I remember a few years ago, I went to a VIP thing for Devin Townsend, and he basically had put out that his whole VIP thing was paying for the tour thing, and they were only going to come out in the black. They weren't, you know, it was the only thing keeping them from losing money on the tour. So bands were already losing money. So, I mean, while it's questionable whether we're going to see some bands after this some bands and even some clubs after this, I could imagine that um, not only are we as fan, fans going to get feed, but I'm pretty sure that um, there's going to be clubs that are going to have to take out extra insurance to, uh, you know, help themselves out in case they, you know, become some sort of super spreader event. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, do you guys have anything about this?
0: I was kind of hoping that at the end of this, it was almost going to be a little bit of a reset. Yeah. Um, Just because you can already see a lot of people online um, talking about, you know, wanting to get back to shows and bands wanting to play stuff. And I'm, I'm really hoping when we come out the other side of this, that the enthusiasm will be back, that it won't just be, oh, there's an event going on. Let's go there and drink and half pay attention. You know, maybe we'll get back to the type of shows that you used to see in the late 90s or and or throughout the 90s where people were apeshit to see their favorite bands. And it wasn't just like, I paid a hundred, you know, now it's so weird now because, or previous to COVID, that people were paying absorbent amount of fees. to yeah, that tool show. And didn't really care about what they were seeing. It was almost like we're going to shell out this money because it's a thing to do. And I, I know I'm veering away from your initial point, but I I was kind of hoping even from a ticket master standpoint or somebody maybe,
3: well, no, uh, I mean, maybe you bring up that, a valid point. I mean, me and Brian, when we were at the Misfits show, like. There were people watching fucking YouTube like while the bands were on, <laughs> oh, like the
1: band I'm that like, they were seeing live.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I'm like, That's, I'm like, dude, wow. you're paying for the Misfits. This is a once in a fucking lifetime show right now, and you can't be bothered to look down.
1: <laughs> I mean, I have no hope that people are going to be. I mean, it, it will probably be for a little while, like when the first month, where people are like, yeah, we're concerts again. But I think after that, people will be once if there's yeah. at least if there's. Phones around, people are going to look at them. It's just yeah, it's just yeah, the way that's, it is. That's
3: what I've been saying. Well, you you have to think about this with the misfits thing. And I remember seeing this a, like a, a while ago because it popped up again. The only reason that we were able to have phones in Madison Square Garden for that show is because uh that Yonder company or whatever the company the was pouch, that wanted to do yeah. the pouches. Yeah, they wanted to upcharge him for that show, and they were like, "Fuck no, we're not paying that."
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going in thinking that out. we were gonna have to do that, so that was kind of good, at least. I, I was,
0: I was, I was hoping that this whole thing might almost drive places like StubHub and Ticketmaster out of business, and I, I know maybe that's not really what I mean because there's obviously a lot of people that are employed and and have to, you know, rely on that type of stuff. But it's we do need a reset on this, like show promotion tickets it's gotten out of hand and it's not that these artists don't deserve this stuff but tickets are 3 times what they were and i don't know that the artist even still gets
3: the lion's share yeah the yeah,
0: the bulk of that like you'd think it just demand for a band like metallica or something but i don't know if that's the case it just seems to be more greed and more 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 And for some reason, we're all still paying it.
3: Well, (laughs) I mean, what you guys don't see a lot of, and I guess maybe because I've seen the other side of this, um, there's a lot of real shitty deals that clubs have made with, uh, you know, where they're like, if you're going to play here, you have to give us like X percentage of your T-shirt sales that you sell at uh, this show. Or sell sell tickets
1: to your fans. That's fucking...
3: Yeah, so, I mean... That's terrible. That's that, but, I mean, you also have to realize that, like, coming out of this and i know jay you said you know that you were hoping that it would kind of reverse the roles but the way that i've seen it there's been a couple clubs up here and i don't know how it's been outside of buffalo but um we've definitely seen at least one club in boston shut down and uh, i think there was another club that shut down but uh, i know there's a go fund me right now for one club in providence and they've only made like seven thousand of the 200 grand that they said they needed to function for the rest of the year and we're going into this member um, there is a possibility and this is really going to re- just destroy the industry in general that um, live nation comes out and they buy these clubs because they're you know in danger of going under and they're all kind of in under that umbrella so that gives live nation the leverage to really push the well we're only give you going to give you X percentage of your guarantee that you're asking. And that really kind of puts artists in a dangerous territory, where it's like you know they were already hurting the tour before.
0: But how long can something like that last? If, I mean, I'll I'll be perfectly realistic here. Like, you know, if we're if we're talking the timeframes that they're talking about in terms of a vaccine, we're looking at a year from now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Live Nation can try to set themselves up to control everything but if this lasts another year they may have just made the worst decision they could have made by buying up clubs that will have no people in them
3: well that's Uh, true but you also have to remember that they have a lot of capital that you know from ripping us off for years but (laughs) at, at the same time like you also have to remember that um the original projection that I heard maybe like a couple months ago, and maybe this has changed, was uh, they were saying that fall at best next year was when they were expecting uh, shows to return in the U.S. at some capacity. They didn't say if it was going to be a limited or not. But um, judging by people's response, I mean, since the beginning of this, it's like every, every time I turn around, I'm like, well, maybe at the end of May we'll be good. It's like, okay, maybe we hang on. Maybe July will be good. Then, ah, you know what? We just wait a little longer, August. And then it was like, I don't know when the hell we're getting out of this. I mean, you know, we got to kind of get over these hurdles. I mean, right now it's like we're going to have a presidential switch coming in January. And it's pretty clear that there's going to be some sort of, uh, you know, attempt to control the virus. That you're going to have some people that already aren't listening that are going to be forced to listen to. And that really kind of sets the sets the next steps for whether or not we're going to be able to continue with these. But I also feel like to an extent that we're kind of picking on live music and wrestling and other kind of events, because I've legit passed by baseball games where nobody's wearing masks and they're all sitting next to each other. It's like, why do they get a pass and we don't?
0: Cause they're not jumping up and down and sweating all over each other is probably. And it's outside. It. Uh, it's outside. I mean, you still should be distant. So, I mean, yeah. if you're sitting next to somebody and they sneeze, you're screwed no matter what, if, you know, if they have something. So it, that's still a risk. I think, unfortunately, there's just certain states and certain areas that don't care. And the other thing that's maybe the most annoying is the most vocal people about, when are we going to get shows back? When are we going to do this and all this? Those are the people that are prolonging this because they're being Dickheads about not wearing masks and protecting everybody.
3: Yeah, I think I think I saw Jamie Josta like maybe like two hours after Biden was confirmed winning Pennsylvania. Like, all right, can we book a tour now? I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, that whole philosophy. Oh, as soon as the election's over, you watch it's just going to disappear as if it was a <laughs> hoax, oh, and it's boy. like, um, <laughs> nope, it's worse than ever. Uh, it's actually worse than it was when we shut the whole country down, and now nobody. Really seems to care.
3: Yeah, I kind of canceled whatever plans I had for today because it was like, oh, yeah, we had like close to a thousand uh, positives in one day. I think I'm just going to stay home and listen to records.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's always a good idea anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we were spinning the Demon Knight soundtrack before we came down to do this podcast, so.
3: Nice. Um, I <laughs> guess one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about, because I guess if we're talking about how much harder it's going to be financially for some bands to tour, especially considering they're going to be cutting rates, Um, I mean, I know some of us just watched, Um, there was a Metallica, All Within My Hands benefit concert that they had. It was a live streaming video experience. And it seems like there's a lot of bands that have been doing it, and they've been, uh, you know, seeing some nice critical acclaim for it. Like Trivium did a whole thing where they made so much money they went and bought an airplane hangar to, uh, you know, with <laughs> their new rehearsal space streaming and everything. And I know that Devin Townsend has done some weird uh, interactive things and Code Orange has done some things too. I mean, do you guys think that maybe uh, some bands are going to use these kind of experiences to maybe supplement touring or maybe just kind of like, uh, you know, do more of these as opposed to doing full length, like two run tours.
1: I mean, I think they'll, I think they will. Um, I think some bands will will choose to do both. Um, but I mean, for now, there's there's tons of people that are doing this kind of just to be aware or make people be aware that these still exists. But I I see I see bands eventually just touring locally and then kind of branching out once things kind of die down towards the end of next year i don't know that's my perspective
2: i i question the longevity of the online ticket thing like the big acts can get away with that like yeah. you know I'll, I'll plunk down money for metallica but i know you know several smaller bands that have done it and i you know it, it might if you're a fan of that band, cool but i think the novelty will wear off quickly like, going to see a band once every couple years is a you know, it's, it's an event. If that same band has is selling you a virtual ticket every few months or whatever, eh, you're going to see that peter out.
3: Well, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I, I didn't watch every Metallica Monday that they had, but it definitely was something that kind of programmed me to watch it. I mean, I watched most of them. But this Metallica show today was the only one that I actually paid for. I know that I missed out on all the Devon Townsend ones. I missed out on the Mr. Bungle experience, which I heard was kind of funny with the little reactions. Like they had Henry Rollins and uh, Brian posey in it in between songs when they didn't have like crowd reaction. I thought it was pretty cool. But like, I mean, yeah, I, I do question how much longer it can go. I mean, it, like all these little cover songs that everybody's doing, like, yeah, it's all fun. But like, it. it i'm I'm starting to lose interest like it got old already
1: yeah (laughs) like just just even the free ones it was just like every weekend it's like i would try to like okay this 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 is great and then after a while it's like man i got shit to do (laughs) it's the same thing (laughs) like going to actual concerts as eventually it's like all right um i mean some somebody's gonna watch i'm not
3: (laughs) Like, hey, it's two minutes to late night with members of Mastodon, Converge, Mutoid Man, and every other band that's affiliated with Converging Cave In.
0: <laughs> I think it depends on who it is. And, yeah, you can't do them all. Um, I mean, being a massive Metallica fan, I watched most of the Metallica Mondays, but I didn't do them all. Um, you know, it, it would depend on the tour. Some of them I knew better than others. And if they busted out kind of a rare show or something that I knew had interesting tracks on it, then I'd be down. Um, But yeah, I mean, they did them for three months or something, and it's tough to set aside every Monday night. But the official ones, you know, we we went to the drive-in to see the one Metallica show. That was pretty cool. Obviously, nowadays for the Northeast, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, The Devin Townsend one, I've only watched one of them, but it was pretty cool and this acoustic Metallica thing but again it kind of depends on the artist and what they can afford to do and not every band's going to be able to do you know Devin Townsend sitting there playing with three versions of himself against like a PS5 video game looking background <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it was it was really neat but you know he has the resources and the connections to set something like that up Metallica had the resources to do what they did. Um, but if you think of a smaller band or even a local band that hasn't been able to play, you know, who's got. You might be able to do a green screen thing if you're fancy enough, but. I mean, I've seen
1: people do it outside. Um, yeah. Like at private events, I've seen some bands like ska bands and some punk bands that do kind of, they're, they're just kind of spaced out outside. And they've, they've done it that way And you know I've gotten invited to that But I'm like yeah I'm, I'm still not going
3: <laughs> I, I know there's been some bands too That like I saw I saw some bands like like uh, There's one photographer locally in New England Who's been out of work Because all he does is live photography
1: How? Tell took, me the secret
3: <laughs> yeah, he, He's been He uh, he ended up doing uh, a band's Halloween show Picks in New New Hampshire And I'm like Okay <laughs> and it's like I don't know I mean it's just like
1: use a 400 <clears> millimeter <throat> lens That's <laughs> I,
3: I feel bad because it's like I thought about this in terms of maybe not just music but wrestling as well even though wrestling has kind of come back in areas where they can allow it but like you think about a lot of bands like say if you were a band that was just putting out your album at the beginning of this and you had all these cool tours or maybe European festivals lined up and all that went away and every little bit of steam you had to push your album is done I mean if you're like a, you were already hurting as a band before because you know if you couldn't get your music approved for like Spotify, you know I think Drew, didn't you guys have issues getting like like at least one or two of your albums up on like Pandora or something like that?
2: Yeah, for a while Pandora would uh they wouldn't they don't they had uh Infinity but they didn't have uh Captive or uh, the first record and I kept submitting it and they wouldn't accept it and I was kind of like hey you've got our first. You've got our our one record on here. Here's the other ones. And they were, they, they, I forgot why they wouldn't, they wouldn't put it up, but anyway, they eventually did make it on there for some, for what, I don't, I have no idea how, but they eventually did make it on there.
3: Yeah. But you know, that that sucks, but it's like, I also wonder too, like, you know, obviously, you know, I know the long running joke is, you know, when, when this whole thing first held out, they were like, oh, we have to do limited capacity shows. You know, we can only have so many people here. And every local band was like, oh, already ahead of you. But, yeah, have you I been mean, to
1: a Scott show? Come on.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, I guess, I guess the one thing that I'm kind of questioning is is like local bands already had trouble bringing fans out before all this. I mean, how's that going to work after this? I mean, this is like, this is like almost like another excuse for people to not come out to shows and be like, yeah, I just don't know. I don't feel safe. Uh, my cat has diarrhea. <laughs> I mean, I
0: think there's something to that, but I, I am also, again, if I, going back to my previous point, I'm, I'm hoping, and I don't know if it'll be a long lasting thing, but I'm hoping once shows come back, the bands that have made it through that, if somebody's playing a show, it's, it's tough for me to say this because I don't know if I feel this way, but my attitude towards going to things is maybe different than other (laughs) people's, I'm also just getting old, but um, I'm just kind of hoping that the energy would be there to be like, oh, you know, shit. A band's plan. Yeah. This hasn't This hasn't happened in a year and a half, maybe two years. Maybe we should go see the Long Cold Dark or go see whoever, and there'd be some interest again. Even if it's fleeting, it might be nice to just get that resurgence because people haven't had it in so long.
3: Well, so, I mean, you, you know, you know, I'd be coming out because I probably have to play bass <laughs> anyway, considering Adam quit or some shit. <laughs>
2: it's complicated but yeah that's probably
3: accurate (laughs) no nobody knows any state of the band right now so so wait does that mean that i got a promotion now like phil's up to four and i'm up to five now
2: um
0: sure (laughs) phil's
2: replacing me on
0: guitar you're taking bass and i i'm gonna program drums in the background
2: yeah
1: there we go you guys pay me I'll, i'll i'll take photos you get. Can, we can't. Well, we can't.
2: We can't pay you, but you're welcome to uh, come out to Buffalo, and we'll like you know. I don't know. I'll. I can. I can make a mean cocktail. If that helps. Well, no. I'm he, can, <laughs> he, can, he,
3: he could be. Mocktail. He could be like. Yeah, he could be like the guy in Rollins' band that just sits there with the headphones on. He could be that guy. Is
1: there? Is there it's like it's a Boston kind of dancing kind of guy for metal? Just like. I don't have any hair, Someone, so I can't hair whip.
2: Someone's got to get the pit ninjas going, dude. So. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so how's that going to work when like shows finally do return? Are people push-motion? Are they going to push and then they're going to sanitize? Dude, uh, you're dude not fucking
2: I, six feet away. I don't know. I The thing is, the thing is, is like, uh, I think, speaking for myself, like, I'm, yeah, I miss shows. I miss pits. I miss, you know, the whole, the whole thing. You know, there's a group of people in unison, it, you know, there for a communal experience and like even when it comes back there's going to be that apprehension you know and i don't know that people are going to be in such a hurry to be like right on top of each other anymore you know the same way at least not right away it's going to be a very it's going to take some time i think it's going to be a
1: transition yeah i I mean
3: but i guess to the effect that like the one thing i thought of when i was I, i woke up the other day and i saw this um a sugar video from like an Ozfest popped up, and I just saw this wall of cabinets, and I was like, "Oh my god, I missed being in front of that and just experiencing that push and the vibe of feeling, you know, being Hearing there." Hearing loss like, for a week. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and the thing is though is like what Jay was saying earlier. Our, our crowd's gonna be that amped like they used to be anyway. I mean. Like you said earlier, uh, Brian, if there's a phone, if they have a phone, they're going to stare at it. And I I think that's like the biggest detriment to live shows in the last 15 years has just been like, you know, people are, uh, they're connected to everything all at once. So they're not really engaged in where they are right then. Whereas, you know, before phones going to that show was everything and you had nothing but that show in front of you. Like, that was it. You were there. You were going to take that in, and you were going to lose your mind if, if you could. And now, like, well, I got my phone on me, and I'm getting messages, and I'm taking pictures, and I'm putting them on Facebook. And I've also seen 10,000 pictures of the band on the internet before this show, so I, I'm i not really... The mystique is kind of gone, so, like, whatever. <sighs>
3: you can You can tell the, the evolution of my concert-going experience when I'm like, on this day, I saw this band, and it's just a shot of the ticket, and then it's like there's that period of time where it's like I took a crummy video and posted it up on Instagram. <laughs> and then it's like you could see the evolution of where my cell phone camera got better. But it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, I can't even, like, when I was looking at, uh, like, stuff from OzFest 2000 when, because uh, I saw a video of this pitch shifter performance that was at the, the day that I went. And I'm like, wow, man, just imagine, you know, going, you know, put myself in 2000 chris's shoes and you're at this show you have no cell phone you're there with eight people you drove them all you have (laughs) no idea where you're going to meet these people at the show to get back in the car to drive back home yeah yeah i mean it's just it just seems so bizarre like how we ever did how we ever went to shows without cell phones before you know (laughs) We, we some yet somehow we did and it was fun
0: <laughs> yeah well drew shared this video with me the other day of like an arena show from nine inch nails in 1994 and they were just blowing up with downward spiral and man it was an arena show and that crowd was insane Masquer- yeah, MSG. And, and i'm i commented to him i'm like you know what happened to that when i go to shows now People, like, kind of stand there. They kind of want their own personal space. And, like, people leave and get beers 40 times in the middle of a show. Like, the last time I saw Seven Dust, I was at a kind of a theater in Niagara Falls that probably holds, like, 15 to 2,000 people. And, like, I saw the same guy go in and out. Back to the bar, getting drinks, in and out. Oh, They're playing the those. whole time, not paying attention. And you know, back in back in the day, <laughs> uh, in the '90s and 2000s, dude, if you were in a general admission show and you left, sorry. And that- nowadays, people come back up through the pit and are like, "Well, that that was my spot," and it's like, "Dude, <laughs> this is general admission, and this is the front row. You left." Bye.
2: But that's how I used to like, the, get up
1: to front every time was people would leave to go get beer I would just keep weaseling right. my way up <laughs> but it it gradually eventually I just remember people just leaving their beer right in the ground like it was that comfortable where there's nothing I mean it depends on the type of show you're going to like I think it was like right. the December and I saw and it was, like people was like I tried pushing my way up and everyone's like what are you doing? And <laughs> like you just knocked over my beer. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, I don't get it. The vibe has changed and it's, it is cell phones, but it's not just cell phones. It's just like entitlement. Maybe it's that. I, I don't, I think people just, I mean, you know, it, it happens to everyone. And again, as you get older, younger generation is different. They came up with different things, but it, it is weird that the, the show going experience, even before COVID, was just getting strange. And it, you know, you just, you don't see that mass of people that are like, I'm so fucking excited to see this band and I'm going to go shit the second that first note hits.
3: And that, it's that... kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird you bring that up because I will say, you know, only going to machine head this year. Um, I'm not disappointed with the way that I enjoyed that show. In fact, um, I think I enjoyed it a little too damn much because I think my enjoyment <laughs> infringed on other people's enjoyment of the show. So like when they were cutting into some of those songs, because basically what machine had did for those who didn't know was they played a whole set of like, you know, I guess typical hits and everything. And then after that, they took a little break and they came out and they played their entire first album. And with, some of these with, songs I've, with I've Contos never,
2: and, and, and Mater.
3: Yeah, with with the original two of the original dudes that were on the album. So I haven't heard some of these songs, and there's one song, "A Thousand Lies," that I've never actually heard live, but I have literally watched a video of them performing that song at Dynamo a thousand times. So when they were cutting into this, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna lose my fucking shit!" And I was all over the place, bumping into people, jumping up and down, "Get up!" When like, you realize yeah. you're
1: forty, and then.
3: <laughs> no man like like i was just losing my shit i was like i don't care if i can't move tomorrow i'm gonna fucking give my all to this shit to show them thank you for playing this song that i've wanted to hear forever and i don't know i mean it's like it's like the way that i think about it i'm like i'm kind of glad that i did do that knowing that that was the only time this year that i'm ever gonna be able to go off at a show i'm like if if i didn't do that i wouldn't want to like be sitting here with like fomo for not doing that and be like wow you really missed out there by you know be like oh hooray they're playing this song <laughs> yeah and I,
0: no, I, I think i think that's we got we need more of that because i miss and again i i mean I, I don't know if you know when i talk about the seven dust show which was really one that pissed me off a lot because i hadn't seen that band in a while they're they're still great live and the crowd was just boring and I'm like, this band in particular, like, has the most movable <laughs> music. Like when they start playing, you should just be going off. And to watch people just kind of sit there, stand there, with their beers, and kind of go, "Yeah, it's pretty good." And you're like, "Fuck you, let's go." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: well, it's also it's also an older band. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I've been I've been finding that over my years of going to shows and taking pictures at shows that it doesn't, it usually takes about two bands for people to start moving in the crowds. Like it's gotta be like people either come in late going out, drinking at another place and then coming in and then they're all revved up to go. But it, I feel like people don't dance for openers anymore. It takes about two or three bands <laughs> depending on how many bands are playing on the show though. But, um, but I guess it depends on the genre as well. But, Maybe yeah. maybe your metal heads over there you guys are gonna branch out a little bit go see well. some. Eh, it's
2: always <laughs> been about the same for metal too. Like the op the openers don't get the big reaction that the that the headliner gets. But but the f- the the first the direct support usually gets a little bit of, of buzz,
1: right? Yeah. Depends yeah, it takes like that and- second headliner.
3: Yeah, and I, I, what I've noticed, too, I guess it really depends on the bands and stuff, because, like, if you're talking about something like Seven Dust, I hate to say that they're, like, radio-friendly, but maybe that's kind of the crowd they, they attract, like, when you go a little bit further back, like, it's kind of weird, like there was one show that I went to in Boston that was like uh, Periphery and this band Six from England I think this was like one of the only two tours that they ever did and I remember the difference was like for Six everybody was going off because hey you know they're high energy I mean it's basically the same kind of band because I kind of feel like Periphery ripped them off but that's a whole another discussion <laughs> but then when Periphery came out I kind of looked at their fan base and they were kind of like there was one kid like I, I just kind of like bumped into him accidentally and he got all like skittish about it. I'm like, what the fuck? Have you ever been to a fucking metal show, you little bitch?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I wonder if there, if that is, if it is an age gap, because and truthfully, I don't know if I'm just holding on to the old days. um, Because obviously when I saw Seven Dust on even their first three records, I mean, I saw those shows were nuts. Yeah, they were insane. And again, yeah, you didn't have the cell phone. I mean, people always drink, but the way people drink at shows now, unless it's just a Buffalo thing, I mean, it, which it could be. <laughs> we are a drinking town it's, with a football problem. But I, <laughs> um, yeah, it, again, well, now I don't they know have if wine it's at shows. a younger crowd or, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. And, um, I just think about that tool show that we went to. It just keeps coming back to me, like, oh
2: yeah, we paid how much for the? We, we were this, we were in the upper deck, yeah, and we paid probably
0: what a hundred bucks plus for those tickets to sit in the upper deck. I think they were, I think they were upper sixties, but then once you had service fee and taxes yeah, and like, driving there because it was in Pittsburgh, right. I mean, we definitely spent. Either way, even if it was sixty dollars, sixty which, bucks, which it was a little more than that, but
2: and that row behind us, man, they just were they were talking the whole yep. set. Getting drinks and just blah, blah, blah. I mean, here, me and you are like dialed in like it's, it's fucking tool. Yeah. Like we are in this shit. And meanwhile, we got to listen to, you know, caddy broads behind us. Pardon my terminology, but like that's what they were. They
0: were just...
1: They just were ladies. <laughs> uh,
0: that <laughs> was Brutal, It was two couples. And they were... The girls were talking to each other and the guys were talking to each other. And occasionally they'd talk to the other group. And... For
2: yeah.
1: the entire show. Oh, it, wait. Yeah. So how and, long is it from Buffalo to Pittsburgh? Uh,
0: it's like three, three
2: and a half, three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you driving that long for a show is gonna, that would be pissed off too. But oh, you, you have me, to think me, of, you have to think about the concerts that you guys are going to. You're going to stadium shows where people go once a year. You if it's, I think it's a little bit different of experience when it's just like smaller clubs, like 300 people kind of clubs.
3: Well True, let, me, I, let me let me guess. They were they were talking the whole show, but like when Sober came on, they were like trying to do their Maynard <laughs> imitations and everything because it's probably the only song they know.
0: I don't well they didn't play Sober. So oh. they were probably disappointed. Forty six and uh, two got them going though. Yeah. Um but still, I mean, I think regard I think honestly it goes more to the point that it was a, an arena show where you paid a shit ton of money. And Tool is a band that you should experience. Now, I'm not as big a stickler about the phone thing. It's annoying if it's up in front of your face the whole time. I guess for me, if I can get in the front row, I'm probably going to have my phone out because I'm a photographer too. And I know that I can take good pictures with my phone. And I've gotten some pretty great stuff just by being in the front row. I know it. I try not to get in anyone else's way when I do it. Um long as it's so, not an ipad <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, <technically. laughs> i've seen that i've seen that i mean tools tools restriction on the phone and that was the other thing they made you put your phone away like you didn't have a choice the security was out they disrupted the show because one guy whipped it out for like 30 seconds and then they shine flashlights all over the show and that you're like too. that was more annoying than the guy using his phone but that's, dig- a whole other, that's a whole other podcast.
3: <laughs> well, no, they, they they used to do that at the Palladium. They used to have like a no video rule where they, uh, in fact, I got I got basically punched in a sugar show because they were going after somebody. <laughs> I didn't go to the Palladium for a while because of it.
0: I just think if you're going to spend that much money and then your phone is being put away and maybe that's part of it, like, oh, I can't nervously fidget with something, so let's talk. But like you've got a band that you should be focusing on. They've got intense visuals. You spent the money to be here. Great music. You spent a shit ton of money. Why? I mean, I don't even want to excuse any talking, but I could get it if they talked for like a little bit and then they shut up and enjoyed the show. But it was all two hours, Uh, and and I could hear them because lately arena shows and even other shows they're not as quite as loud as they used to be. Yeah, they're like comfortable levels to where like sometimes I'm like do I need earplugs? Because it sounds quiet when I put my earplugs in. Um, but because of that, you could hear them like their voices were cutting through and I don't, you know, as far as the future of show, go, show going goes like that shit needs to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've had experiences with, with, um, cause I usually go to, I prefer the smaller shows, um, and, as opposed to concerts. Um, but I, like, I remember from my birthday, Mike, this is like maybe three or four years ago, my, I told my wife, Mike, can, can you, I want to see Billy Joel, I've never seen him live, he does one of those thousand shows at, you know, MSG. So I finally go there from like from around my birthday, and it was just like a miserable experience because everyone was just talking. It's like, oh, oh, he's going to play Allentown now, he's going like, <laughs> <laughs> to, it's just like, shut the fuck up, just watch.
3: Well, I mean, I don't remember the experience too much because obviously it's been a while since I kind of, you know, lived in that area. But I can say, you know, my 10 years up here in New England that there seems to be this thing when bands will play in either Gillette or they'll play at um, Fenway that people will go not because they care about the artist; They'll just go because it's like the Boston thing to do. I mean, for the grand. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's what's happening and that's kind of i
3: didn't
0: i didn't have any real bad experiences at the couple arena or not arena but the stadium metallica shows that we went to in like 2017 they were pretty good but that that was the vibe that you got is yeah. like we're we're here because it's the thing to do like oh you know let's go see metallica before we can't see him and that's cool and all but yeah the the influx of people that don't care about what they're seeing it makes the shows
1: less, less special.
3: special. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring it up because, you know, we all went to that one at Gillette stadium and I think like you and Joe went up and maybe you had a slightly different experience than me and Drew. But like, I remember looking around, like, you know, there's some people that are into it, but for the most part, like me and Drew are like saying like almost every word and we're looking around there's people that are like, Did they, are they going to play in or sing? Amen. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes they will. Relax.
0: <laughs> no. And that I, I could totally see that when we moved up more towards the, uh, ego ramp, um, people were definitely into it. And I, and I liked that more. Like I was glad that I did that because I was around fans that were into it. And that's, that's what I love. I mean, I love the floor. I love GA. I'm not a pit guy, but I want to be in the crowd and I want to be around people that are loving what they're seeing.
2: Well, the bigger the band, I think you're gonna you're gonna have more of those casual whatever kind Once of people. Once a year, people. Yeah, but hey, it's all green to that band, though, right? Like, yeah. Metallica doesn't care how big a fan you are as long as you're at the show.
1: <laughs> Unless you're being a disrespectful asshole and talking, and they notice it, then they'll call you out. Certain bands I've seen do that, like. You're, like, the I've the seen people like their back turn to the stage looking at their phone or like, can you fucking stop? It's rude. I'm trying to sing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be more OK with people pointing their phones at the band like I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to take a video rather than like scrolling Twitter <laughs> while there while there's a band playing that that to me is like, OK, you can get the fuck out. <laughs>
1: I mean, I've done that, but it's always I like I go away to the corner where it's like <laughs> on the wall, so I'm like yeah. checking like hockey scores or something.
0: <laughs> I'll do that in between bands because you. I mean, I will say this for phones, you know, that wait for the headliner to come on used to be excruciating, <laughs> and now you can just dick around <laughs> on your phone and like, okay, they're playing. It's it's still
1: yeah, it still can be torture waiting for the bands sometimes. Yeah depending on the band, it could be a lot reggae bands, especially it's like after midnight and I'm like,
3: (laughs) come on. (laughs) I I will say this in terms of weight. And uh, I know there was one show last year that I went to that uh, I, I went specifically to see Gojira and there was a changeover of 45 minutes after Gojira was done until the next band came on. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to see this band that much. I really hope that when we come out of this, that bullshit like that doesn't ever happen again because there's, there's literally no excuse for it.
0: No cruise and tour management and things like that have gotten a lot better in recent years. And I think bigger bands definitely stick to schedules better than they used to when you were waiting an hour for Axel Rose to finish drinking and smoking and get his ass on stage.
3: I, I always I always hold it to the Ozfest uh, second stage thing because those guys had a process, man. It was like a five minute five minutes in between bands. Fourth so the same thing. Yeah, you had two and a half minutes to pick your shit up and get the fuck off stage, and then <laughs> the next band had to be ready to go, or or you were losing time in your set. And I've I seen that. man.
2: We, local, so a lot of local bands could learn learn some lessons from <laughs> <yeah>. Ozfest. <laughs> I
3: I had an experience uh, in my last band. There was. A show we played, I guess it was like 12 years ago, where um, we uh, we only had, I don't know, 20 minutes, and um, we're all ready to go, and the other guitarist is like slowly uh, unraveling his foot pedal. It's like, dude, you don't even switch channels. Let's fucking go.
0: <laughs> I, I I could tell some horror stories, but on the off chance this gets tagged on Facebook, I don't want to offend <laughs> <Some> <laughs> people. <I might> know. <laughs>
3: Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't even want to go into the whole the the drummer with seventeen cymbals thing. But I've literally <laughs> seen a drummer set up seventeen cymbals on a stage uh, during a festival that was running ahead of schedule, and he knocked it back in schedule <laughs> because of that. But, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fix that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> this is going too good. We can't, we can't have that.
3: Um, I guess. Um. I guess maybe we've kind of gone on too long. I hope we didn't scare. No, anybody. that's all right. I actually, I actually, would... I actually yeah. wanted
1: to bring up something though. Like, I okay, I, I, something that's something related. I think is Brexit. Um, with with <laughs> UK bands, they potentially are going to be. I mean, I think the bigger bands are going to be okay with it, but there's. It's just it's. I think it's going to be really really hard for them to even tour just Europe. Like, they're going to need a visa for every country. It seems. And,
3: are, are you talking about just uh, bands coming from Europe over to here, or bands coming in from general? Over to here? Like just UK
1: bands in general are just going to have a really tough time of like smaller bands, because you're going to need like insurance, you're going to need crew, like just for that all that kind of stuff. It's going to be thousands of dollars or pounds or euro, um, just just to go Whatever to like they decide to go with, yeah, UK to France, you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, that's, I hadn't thought much about that, but that's actually a great point. Um, yeah,
3: they rebooked a lot of those uh, festivals for like June and July, and I know that um, Stick to Your Guns on their podcast, they said that they don't think any of those shows are realistically happening. So, I mean, it, it sounds all nice, but at the same time, I also envision that Europe is going to be running a lot faster than we, you know, up and running a lot faster than we are.
0: Yeah, they're hitting some spikes now, too. I had just heard that, I don't know if it's all of Great Britain or just if it's just London, but they're they're shutting down for a strict month. Like we're yeah, going to take Paris 4 weeks. And and, yeah. We're going to knock all this out so we could get back to normal, which yeah, nobody wants to close down again, but you know And what's crazy
3: is those numbers. If we
0: all coordinated and did it, it might actually make a difference. Yeah.
3: And the numbers that they're seeing, like, compared to what we're seeing, like, they're panicking over numbers that are, like, a small fraction of what we're seeing, but they're, like, instituting things to kind of move forward. I mean, America's number one, baby. (laughs) Maybe if we didn't have a president who just, you know, hoped this thing would just go away, you know, maybe we would have been a little bit under control, you know, but. I don't know. I mean, I really feel for a lot of these bands because, I mean, the way that I'm looking at it is I don't imagine that we're going to be seeing any bands from overseas for a long time, probably at least until maybe the latter part of 2022, if this is the way that it is. Because, I mean, it was already expensive for bands to, you know, come overseas anyway. So I can imagine it's just it might not even be financially, you know. It wasn't even
1: expensive. It was just visa problems. And that was that was even with during Obama's. You know, time is there was this pro- I knew UK band. So I would just end up going over there to go to to go see concerts hmm. over there because the bands just were getting denied visas just to go in the United States. I can't imagine what it is going to be post COVID. I I've, yeah. I Yeah, go ahead. It's certainly not going to be easier.
2: <laughs> No.
3: Yeah, and there were, there were a number of bands that were getting stopped at the border, too, for a while. Um, they were like, well, they just, where some bands that have to hire a fill-in just to play shows in Canada because one member couldn't couldn't make it across.
1: That one bar fight, you know, it's going <laughs> to...
3: No, like, something, something stupid. Like, I think Lamb of God, early on, I think, like, one of the guys couldn't make it across because he got caught with weed once, and I guess that was, like, a big no-no at one point in time. I guess they got over it eventually.
0: Yeah. I don't think that matters in Canada (laughs) now, but now that it doesn't matter over there, don't bring it with you. Just wait till you cross the border and go get whatever you want. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I guess, um, I guess maybe we've kind of gone on a while about a lot of things. So I hope we didn't lose anybody, but I guess one thing I kind of want to do going around, um, I want to kind of know, like, obviously you haven't seen any bands for a while. Is there one band that you would love to be your first band? Like what? And like, I mean, obviously I don't expect you to be able to blurt it out at once. New Kids on the um, Block. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, But like what, what band, you know, maybe active or inactive would you like to kind of see first?
2: I mean, I think Jason and I are both going to say the same thing. Like, <laughs> it, it we it better be Metallica. <laughs>
0: I but. mean, nothing makes me... I, it's going to sound silly, but seriously, like, the vibe and just the emotion of going to a Metallica show, like, it never gets old. No. It yeah. never gets... To- I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't get topped because when you see a show like S&M or whatever, I mean, it's incredible. But... I mean, I would I would maybe throw one other backup option in there and that would just be Rage Against the Machine because I've never seen mm, them and too. I was so stoked to have those tickets and for that can, uh, concert to be canceled. It's like, please let that show happen at That's some point because I neat. never got to see him the first time around.
3: You better hope Zach doesn't change his mind and go back into hiding. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: My backup would be that five-night,
2: nine-inch nine nail stand. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be... Because, man, I, when I found out about that after the fact, I was just, I, I was literally depressed for like a month. <laughs>
3: well, there's a lot of things that we didn't hear about because some bands were still kind of holding on to. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, because some of those things might happen. I mean, there's still a lot of bands that still have albums in the can that they're afraid to release that I'm just like, well, I mean, what are you waiting for? I mean, I know Hatebreed was originally supposed to put their album out in May, and they shelved it and then they finally just said the hell with it. And they're putting it out in like two weeks.
1: There's been a lot of music out this year. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you
0: guys throw in your picks, but I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make this podcast way too long, but that's a matter. I, I there's have, no limit.
3: <laughs> we're, we're, we're going, we're going three hours on this one. Hey, usually if I had an hour and with,
0: a half. So we,
2: if
3: I, if I oh, had okay. to sit through that three hour Scotty in one, we're, we're going, we're going away. <laughs>
2: we're at about an hour now. We're all right.
3: No, um. Uh, uh, I I mean, I don't know, like, I kind of have been, like, you know, since the Acacia Strain had, like, a really strong year with those seven inches that merged into that record, I kind of really want to hear that live, and I know that the the clips and stuff, and the last time I saw them live was, like, I don't know, two years ago. I just kind of want to feel that energy live with them because, um, I don't know, like, they've really kind of completely turned themselves around, and for as negative as the music is, it's actually a very positive show.
1: Uh, for for me, I I'm just gonna think small and just a ska show just because I know so many of the bands and it's like a huge just community and it's you I feel welcomed you know in a way like hey Brian hey. Yeah. you know so it, it doesn't matter what band I mean hopefully it's madness but I don't I don't know I I foresee that show still getting pushed back because of visa issues like I brought up before or Brexit. You know, just, I mean, they are a huge band. So it's, they already had, so they already sold out the show. It's just a matter of being pushed back. But yeah, I don't know, something like that, like Madness or some type of Ska show where people know me. Like, I can get it for free. <laughs>
3: I guess it's like, it's, uh, the one thing that stinks about it is, you know, I ended up getting rid of pretty much every ticket. And the ones that I did have, they just canceled the show. They rebooked the tours and they, they cut the local dates out for me. So I kind of lost that. But, I guess it's, like, the one thing that's been a little rough for me to deal with throughout this is having concerts and, you know, like, things like wrestling and other events to go to. It gave you something to look forward to. Like, you're like, oh, man, end of this month, I'm going yeah. to this. And
1: I miss Comic-Con. Now, I wanted to go to that.
3: <laughs> I mean, a lot of that stuff, you know, just the... Just the whole nature of like meet and greets and stuff like that. Like I don't even know how that's gonna work. I mean, our band's gonna have to cut that out because I know there are some people doing it. And I remember there used to be that uh, that long running joke where everybody would like shit on the uh, people doing the signings that had the hand sanitizer. It's like, well, what now, huh?
2: Yeah. pioneers yeah we could do a meet we can do a meet and greet in a, a sealed uh plexiglass sarcophagus thanks Maybe, for coming here Keep here's moving. an idea
1: for bands to do they can the bands can give someone a COVID test and they can pay for that
3: yeah we'll sign your COVID test
0: i don't think i want these drunk assholes shoving a tip up my nose no <laughs>
3: Yeah, Doyle is like hold still. I need to. I need to hit you. Wait, you got makeup on that. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> Dancing's gonna give you a turn your head and cough. <laughs> I need
3: to get a blood sample.
1: Cough. Cool. I'm a photographer. I better watch uh, myself. You might punch me.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I think. I mean, I think you're right about that, Chris. Is is, and I mean, this could be said for so many things during this time period. Is is not having something to look forward to. And there's literally nothing like the small victories are like, oh, we can sit at a restaurant three booths away from somebody, which I haven't done because I I haven't don't done either care to even bother that. I'll I'll get curbside and go home. I'm way more comfortable there. But aside from that, like yeah, having a show where you're like, All right, work's a pain in the ass. This is stressful, whatever, but holy shit, we're going to see Tool in two weeks. You know, like that that kind of thing like that gets you through and there is some sort of mental health positive mental health thing that comes from like i'm gonna go do something really cool like i mean dude my whole 2019 was i don't want to say it was all great because nothing's all great but (laughs) being able to look forward to flying out to california And as a photographer, seeing all those sites and then capping it off with two of the most incredible Metallica shows I've ever seen, like that's, I was planning on flying out to California again for the show we just streamed because I was expecting that to be a show that was actually played at a venue. And that, that was another big thing for me. I'm like, I'm going to see Tool. I'm going to be seeing Rage Against the Machine. I am going to see Gorgier and Deftones and I'm flying out to fucking California again and I'm going to see Metallica and like 2020 was supposed to be the shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got
1: the shit part right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: For real. It
0: was just shit. It yeah. wasn't the shit. I was told there'd be Pine
2: Punch. <laughs> yeah. There isn't any. Oh, Jesus.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of weird. It's like, when you think of some things, this is all you could do. I mean, the closest thing I could see to wrestling, I mean, I only went to that one Beyond Wrestling show in January, but the only other times I've seen, you know, had anything wrestling related was I went to the guy who runs that company. He also runs a food truck and I went to the food truck seven times because i was just like, this is the closest thing to me supporting local wrestling right here. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, I think the last event that I went to with that there was like some like live cover band. I'm like, well, this is the closest I'm gonna get to a concert for the rest of the year, so I guess I'm good. But I know in town there's know. always
1: bands playing and like people are there. And I'm like, well, it's free, but it's like I can hear it from my balcony. I'm like, yeah, don't no, I don't need to go see that.
3: <laughs> but I mean, overall, like I I think one of the things is you know having all of us on the podcast together. I mean, the last concert I went to with a friend was you, Brian, when we went to the Misfits at Madison Square Garden, is like, you know, I know seeing you on your
1: phone all day.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like
1: at the show, Chris, no, <laughs> no.
3: Nah, and like, you know, when we were at like the Metallica show and just seeing like those pictures popping up recently, like, Hey, when we were at the Metallica show in Buffalo and those other ones, it's like, you know, it, it just be like, you know, it's like, I'm like, man, like, I, I want to know that we're going to have that again, but. Yeah, I just yep. don't want to, like, put this question mark as to when because, it you know, it just ultimately disappoints because, you know, over the course of a the pandemic, there's been some projects I've done to keep myself busy, and one of them was, you know, looking back at all these old shows that I went to, and I'm looking at some of these, like, venues and some of these bands, and I'm like, some of these venues haven't existed for, like, 15 years. Some of these bands, that, There's going to be you
1: know, some venues I saw that are one. closed, though.
3: Yeah, they, it's like these things are never coming back, and it's like, I almost wonder if that's going to be like some ominous tone for how things are going to be, you know, after this, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so well, this is a nice uplifting podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we'll get
0: there eventually. I just worry we're you know, obviously when all those shows started getting canceled, it was, well, we're going to play the exact same date next year. And it's like, well, now it's the middle of November. We haven't figured anything out because we're dumb as a nation collectively, um, and you know I, the chances of an arena show being ready to go by May, I I don't see that happening.
1: No, I wonder I wonder what's going to happen with the rock cruises and the and the cruise kind of concert oh, oh, things dude, like that. that, oh, okay. that. That forget, forget about that.
3: No, nah, they've, they've already pretty much any one of them that was, like, scheduled. Like, I think the Slipknot one was done. The Coheed one, I think, was 100% refunded, too. Um, The only one that I know still has not been, like, refunded, they've just rescheduled it a bunch of times, is that Jericho cruise.
1: Well, because he's a moron, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, cruise ships in general were already, like, germ, you know, on the water. Oh, yeah. So, it's like... Now it's gonna. That's, and I think I think there was like the first cruise ship that was back out. Like there was a bunch of cases already. Like yeah, that's no shit.
0: We're gonna have like hospital ward shows where <laughs> everyone gathers in like a big uh, mess hall to see the show, and then you all have to go quarantine for a week in your hospital bed. So so we, we have public.
3: So we legit have a chance of having Anthrax play a mad an actual madhouse. <laughs> They
0: will be spreading the disease. Yes.
3: <laughs> All right. So I I guess yeah, I guess we're we're pretty much at, at the at the end. So um I guess I wanna say thanks to Jay and Drew for joining us in Buffalo. I'm I'm sure I took away from you guys listening to records, which yeah, pretty, pretty much <laughs> pretty Shame much, on you. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy who's got this ridiculous record collection saying, how, no, you're not allowed to listen. You need to be on this podcast. It's
0: the only day we get
2: to listen to them. Can't listen any other day. <laughs> well, I can't anyway.
1: You know, I'm here too, Chris. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: yeah, Brian, when are you going to get some records, huh? I All don't right, like records. records.
1: That's a whole other podcast of why I just don't like poc- or, uh, records.
0: Oh, Part two, yeah. Why we this, all gang up is, on Brian? <laughs> is
3: is that one of the things that that you did, forgot to mention on the uh, things that scared you as a child podcast?
1: <laughs> records,
3: yeah, records.
1: I I did have. I think it was. I, was it like a Fresh Prince and it had Freddy Krueger song on it record? I might have.
3: <laughs> I had that. Oh, uh, don't make me look that up on Discogs. I don't even want to know what that was that you that you got rid of.
1: <laughs> I still have it.
3: Oh.
0: Oh no! Wait. I didn't have the Freddy Krueger one. I had parents just don't understand.
3: Them. Oh, <laughs> and I used to pretend yeah. to like
1: scratch it, even though it was just really just scratching the record.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: that was probably the last vinyl I owned. No, pe- people send me vinyl all the time, and I have like on a website like, "Don't send me vinyl." I I, I don't even have a CD player. <laughs> Yo, man, what the
3: hell? Send them, send them me, man.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's not it's not like. Norwegian dark forest metal Viking.
3: Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what I corp, listen to. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's it? Most of the stuff it sucks because it's like I've been waiting for like some cool advances, and like everybody just sends you like real like big trash, and then it's like I'm like, why couldn't they just send us like this other record? Like, where's the hate for you to advance at? I don't care about like this other band from whatever. You know, it's like.
1: <laughs> or small potatoes
3: yeah
0: you're supposed to help break the new bands Chris not not tell people about the bands they already like
3: yeah well i, I I'm old and that's the problem I'm old <laughs> and I, I only review stuff that I want to hear
1: yeah and I barely review anything
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but well I I do yeah. have that that uh that lovely um horrible looking movie uh, coming in the mail apparently, uh, it's some B movie with Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Oh God, yeah. So, well, that's something to look forward to, right?
3: Yeah, that that'll be in a future review if that arrives safely. And uh, I got to tell you, just seeing the cover and then seeing Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger and knowing that this was not good enough to go in theaters that had nothing to do with COVID. I'm really looking forward to that.
1: It, the trailer looks so bad. I'm like, this is up, this is Chris's alley right here.
0: <laughs> when was this movie made? Uh, I
3: don't know when, but uh, I mean, a
1: year or two. It's like a lot of these studios right now. They've really, been pu- putting stuff out that haven't been on the shelves for like a couple of years just to get some money.
3: <laughs> it looks like it's going to have a lot of really bad CG. So um, that, combined <laughs> with the fact that it is an Arnold
1: movie, And Jackie Chan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oof. Well, guys, it's been it's been fun talking about the future of concerts, which sounds pretty bleak for the next year
2: (laughs) or the lack thereof. Yeah. I mean, just as in a personal personal note, like I got an album I'm almost done with and I'm like, well, what's the rush of finishing it now? Because there's no real release plan like We can't do a released show so there's no big event to kick it off so it's just gonna get dumped on the internet with everything else and then forgotten about the next day so yeah that's where we're at everything is terrible and (laughs)
1: yay everything (laughs) Everything is terrible terrible. (laughs) everything is terrible when you're in 2020
2: yeah sure is lego (laughs) lied to us everything is not awesome
3: that's like that's like the Mondo Blocks movie or something like that. Whatever the Lego like, rifle is,
2: <laughs> Mega Blocks, yeah, yeah, Mega Blocks.
3: Um, I guess aside from that too, uh, you want to do a plug for the your your podcast too?
2: Uh, sure, sure. You can uh, check me out um, sporadically. Usually twice a month now. It seems to be our schedule that we settled on. Uh, at the Devils um. We're also all over uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon, um, Google Play, etc., etc., etc. Just search for the Devil's Due podcast, and you'll see. Uh, you'll find us. We talk about um, comic books, video games, tabletop games, a little bit of pro wrestling, um, superhero movies, Star Wars, all the geeky kind of kind of stuff that's our that's our territory so hey man yourself.
1: that's my territory get back off <laughs> hey hey. <laughs> no that's all right I'm not, trying to, not trying to step on your turf bro no that's all right i, I used to i used to interview bands until i started getting threatened <laughs> <laughs> by dancing show me on the doll where Danzig touched you
2: <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> you better
3: watch out he's got that pile of bricks in his front yard
2: didn't he sell that house? I think he sold that
3: house. Oh yeah, that's right. He he lives in Lucille Ball's house. Oh, well, I probably shouldn't have given up his house location. That you can probably Google and be like, ah, oh, there it is, right there. Hmm.
2: In like, California.
3: Like, yeah. Um, yeah what was that. it? Well, they probably it's because it's Lucille's old Ball's old house. They probably do uh, Hollywood tours past it. You know, if they oh, and here's Lucille Ball's old house, and you see this angry guy just staring at you from the window.
1: What's he carrying? What's what's that meme where he's carrying something? yeah
3: <laughs> oh the, the the cat the cat litter <laughs> i just picture him like in a bathrobe with like instead of having the uh just the just the little thing closing it there's the there's the belt buckle and he's sitting there with this black coffee mug where it's just black coffee inside of it
1: oh
2: glenn all right guys it's been fun thanks yeah. for having us on
4: yeah no problem